Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Creator of Beavis and Butthead and co-creator of King of the Hill comes a movie about people who go to work. <laughs> who are part of a team. And remember, next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. Okay, but I could set the building on fire. Who respect their boss. We need to talk about your flair. Well, I have 15... 15 pieces on. 15 is the minimum. Brian, for example, has 37 pieces of flair on today. <laughs> and a terrific smile. And need to escape. I don't like my job, and I don't think I'm going to go anymore. One of these days, I, I, I just I just kick this piece of... I'm thinking now it might be more fun to just get fired. And I've always wondered what that would take. Oh, Peter, listen. Uh, well, it looks like you've been missing quite a bit of work lately. Well, I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. We're going to be getting rid of these people here. Mr. Samir. Okay, thank you. Night eating a job. Night Not going to work here anymore anyway. <laughs> you haven't been showing up and you got to keep your job. Actually, I'm being promoted. Thank you, Bob. This is a... It sucks! They're gonna throw you out on the street so that Bill Lumberg's stock will go up. Ooh. It's completely unfair. Inatech deserves to go down. We're just the guys to do it. Tell me about that virus you're always talking about. The one that could rip off the company for a bunch of money. I'm not going to do anything illegal, Peter. Illegal? Samir, this is America. The worst they're gonna do is they put you in a white-collar minimum security resort for a couple of months. You know they have conjugal visits there? I might be showing them my O face. Oh, oh. They let you have sex with women? They sure do. Okay, I'll do it. Office space. I know you've been getting pretty depressed about your job and everything, and so I just wanted to tell you good things can happen in this world. I mean, look at me. <laughs> Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Office Space from 1999. The studio was 20th Century Fox. Release date was February 19, 1999. The running time, 89 minutes, and it was rated R. The budget, $10 million. The box office took in $10.8 million, making it the 121st ranked movie of 1999. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 80% fresh from 102 reviews. Their consensus is Mike Judge lampoons the office grind with its inspired mix of sharp dialogue and witty one-liners. Roger Ebert at the time gave it 3 out of 4 stars. Here's his review. Mike Judge's office space is a comic cry of rage against the nightmare of modern office life. It has many of the same complaints as Dilbert and the movie Clock Watchers and, for that matter, the works of Kafka and the Book of Job. It is about work that crushes the spirit. Office cubicles are cells, supervisors are the wardens, and the modern management theory is skewed to employ as many managers and as few workers as possible. Logic suggests that when more than one supervisor conveys the same trivial information, their jobs overlap, and all supervisors after the first one should be shredded. 
Mike Judge, who gained fame through MTV's Beavis and Butthead and made the droll animated film Beavis and Butthead Do America, has taken his Saturday Night Live Milton cartoons as an inspiration for this live-action comedy, which uses Orwellian satirical techniques to fight the cubicle police. No individual detail of office routine is too absurd to be believed, but together they add up to stark, staring insanity. The movie's dialogue is smart. It doesn't just chug along making plot points. Office Space is like the evil twin of Clock Watchers. Both movies are about the ways corporations standardize office routines so that workers are interchangeable and can be paid as little as possible. Clock Watchers was about the lowest rung on the employment ladder, daily temps, but Office Space suggests that regular employment is even worse because it's a life sentence. Asked to describe his state of mind to the therapist, Peter says, Since I started working, every single day has been worse than the day before, so that every day you see me is the worst day of my life. Mike Judge, an animator until now, treats his characters a little like cartoon creatures. That works. Nuances of behavior are not necessary, because in the cubicle world, every personality trait is magnified, and the captives stagger forth like grotesque. There is a moment in the movie when the heroes take a baseball bat to a malfunctioning copier. And my dear reader, who has not felt the same? And that's Andrew Viebert's review. So as I shared with the box office totals, this movie did not set the world afire when it was first released. This was a slow burn meant to spread through word of mouth, which is how I discovered the film. Ironically, during my first year working at a cubicle job, fresh out of college, I was given the VHS tape from a co-worker, and even though I was an enthusiastic youngster at just 22, office space was so spot on, it was like watching my daily work life. Granted, I was working at Yahoo in the year 2000, and it was super fun, but you could see bits and pieces showing up daily in this film, and for that matter, to this very day in 2023. The film was so fresh and ahead of its time. It never gets old. To this day, I still like to quote the line when people ask what I do for a living, and I'd say in a given week, I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. All right, let's get into the making of the film. So one of the first things Mike Judge animated was a short film called Office Space, featuring the characters Milton and what would become Bill Lumberg. The short film was based on Judge's engineering job that he had before he got into animation. There was a strange guy that Judge worked with, similar to Milton, that nobody talked to, who had a mail-order bride. One day, Judge was bored and decided to talk to the guy. The guy went into all these details about how he was going to quit his job because they moved his desk three times. <laughs> Sound familiar? Judge then took inspiration from this interaction. He recorded a monologue in Milton's voice, and that was his first animated short. <laughs> I, I told Bill if they move my desk one more time, I'm quitting. I used to be over by the window, and they moved me three times already this year. And, and if they do it one more time, I'm out of here. I used to have my own stapler, too, and then when I moved back, they made me give back my stapler. And, and But Bill told me I'm supposed to have a stapler, so and until I'm told different, I'm just going to take a stapler. And if 
if they make me give it back, I'll just, I'll set the building on fire. Oh, hello, Milton. What's happening? Um, I'm going to need you to go ahead and move your desk again. So, uh, well, if you could go ahead and just get it as far back into that corner as possible, that'd be terrific. But that way we'll have some more room for some of these boxes and things we need to put in here. Well, okay. And, uh, oh, there's that stapler I've been looking for here. Um, Let me but, just go ahead and get that from you. Thanks. Well, okay, so uh, if you could go ahead and just get to that as soon as possible, that'd be terrific. Well, all right. Thanks a bunch, Milton. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, but, well, okay, but I'm going to set the building on fire. Judge has this brilliant way of writing material that people bond and gravitate towards because it's so real. And it's his comedic timing with his writing where you can really tell it's his voice coming across. He really just has an incredible mind. Now, as Ebert mentioned, Judge gained fame in the early 1990s for creating and animating and voicing Beavis and Butthead. He continues to have success to this day with the shows King of the Hill, Silicon Valley, and the very underrated film Idiocracy. For the part of Lumberg, Judge was so happy when Gary Cole came in to read for the part. Judge was getting very apprehensive about making the film, but having Cole play Lumberg, he felt that, at the very least, that part would be perfect and how right he was. Cole said he was just trying to do his best impersonation of the short film, which was essentially his impersonation of Mike Judge. At the time of Office Space, Cole was best known for playing Mike Brady in those Brady Bunch satire films. Ron Livingston, who plays Peter, felt his job was to be like the bus driver of the trip. His part for the film was to essentially set up all of the other characters, who were all equally hilarious and interesting in their own way. And that's not to downplay Livingston's performance. He was like the straight man in a comedy team. And you need that, especially for comedy to truly work. Livingston's best-known film at this point was Swingers, where he played the character Rob. For the character of Joanna, Mike Judge envisioned a beautiful loser type of person. Not incredibly ambitious, but a sweet person that's fun to be around. Judge wasn't prepared that the focus of the film would become about Jennifer Aniston and what role she was tapped to play. But keep in mind, Friends was one of the biggest sitcoms at the time, and she is by far the biggest name star in this movie. But what's great about how Aniston played the part of Joanna is how understated she is. She doesn't try to make the film about her. It's almost like she was a new actress, not a big-name star. And I think that's why this film works so well as an ensemble piece. I think it's also why Aniston did so well in future comedy films. She knew when to be part of a team and not just a movie star. Also, as Mike Judge put it, as gorgeous as Jennifer Aniston is, there's a domestic hotness about her. Like you could believe she lives in your neighborhood, not walking on red carpets in Hollywood. Judge loved how David Herman played the role of Michael, whether it was him constantly being angry or just a weenie nerd. There's always this type of person that works in an office. They think that they could own their own company and they're constantly complaining about everything. But the way Herman plays it is so good. And while he may look like a dork, he just doesn't care, which is amusing. Herman at the time was best known for being a bit player on the sketch comedy show Mad TV. Mike Judge loved what A.J. Nadu brought to the Samir character in his hip-hop background, which is why the three-man characters drinking and dancing together is so funny and well done. And take a look at Samir's moves in the film. That's really Nadu doing the breakdancing. For the character of Milton, Judge never saw a full film centered around him. 
As Judge puts it, he's not the type of person you really want to know about everything he does, like when he's home alone. It's funniest when you just get the surface level information about his character. Steven Root, who plays Milton, viewed the character as an invisible nuisance, the person that you just sort of sigh at and then you move along. He's not a bad person, he just exists in an annoying way. The glasses that Root wore for the film were so thick he couldn't see at all, so he had to wear contact lenses just to see while he was wearing them. His depth perception was non-existent, so he had to practice to grab anything. All right, let's get into the film. So this is an episode that is clip-heavy, as it should be, since it's one of the most quotable films of the last 20 years, especially for office workers. So the film begins hilariously with our main office characters, Peter, played by Ron Livingston, Michael, David Herman, and Samir, A.J. Nadu. They're stuck in traffic, and each handles their situation a bit differently. Peter tries to change lanes often to get the best moving lane, which never works, of course. Michael is gangster rapping along to his car radio until a black guy selling flowers on the median strolls by, and then Michael locks his door and turns down the music. And then there's Samir. <laughs> that never gets old. Mother shitter! <laughs> And then there's Milton, Stephen Root, who is waiting for his bus patiently, but mumbling that he's going to be late again. They all work at a tech company called Inatech, and while all of the employees we meet hate their jobs, Peter seems to be the most apathetic and depressed with his job. From the annoying Nina and her repeating high-pitched voice on the telephone to the boss, Bill Lumberg, played by Gary Cole. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS reports. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I, I forgot. Mm, yeah. You see, we're putting the cover sheets on all TPS reports now before they go out. Did you see the memo about this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have the memo right here. I just uh, forgot. But uh, it's not shipping out till tomorrow, so there's no problem. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. And uh, I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. Okay? Yeah, no, I, Bye -bye, I, I have the memo. I've got it. It's right. Hello, Phil. What's happening? Um, I came down here yesterday. Milton. Hi. Uh, could you turn that down just a little bit? But I, I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume from 9 to 11. Yeah, no, no, I, I know you're allowed to. I, uh, I was just thinking maybe like a, you know, personal favor. Well, I, 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 I told Bill that if, if Sandra's going to listen to her headphones while, she, while she's falling, then I should be able to listen to the radio while I'm collating. Uh -huh. So I don't see why okay. I should have to turn down the radio because yeah, all right, okay. I enjoy listening 
Ed Reed, number volume. Thanks. From 9 to 11. Hi, Peter. What's happening? We need to talk about your TPS reports. Yeah, the cover sheet, I know. I know. Uh, Bill talked to me about it. Yeah. Did you get that memo? Yeah, I got the memo. And I understand the policy, and the problem is just that I forgot the one time, and I've already taken care of it, so it's not even really a problem anymore. Ah, yeah. It's just we're putting new cover sheets on all the TPS reports before they go out now, so if you could go ahead and try to remember to do that from now on, that'd be great. All right. Peter Gibbons? Yes. I have the memo. Gary Cole is so perfect in his role that he's almost typecast as the annoying micromanaging boss with his, um, yeah, monotone voice and passive aggressiveness. And the mention of TPS reports will come up often for any sort of levity regarding memos if you work at an office. And then there's Stephen Root as Milton, who will again forever be remembered as the mumbling, hapless worker. Who else could have played these two roles any better? We then cut to Samir doing battle yet again with the damn printer. More priceless lines from him as we discover what Michael's last name is. No, not again. I... Why does it say paper jam when there is no paper jam? I swear to God, one of these days I, I, I just kick this piece of shit out the window. You and me both, man. The thing is lucky I'm not armed. Piece of shit. Sam, Iyer, not, na, na, naga. No. Uh-huh. Please. <laughs> Michael Bolton? That's me. Wow, is that your real name? Yeah. <clears throat> so are you related to that singer guy? No, it's just a coincidence. Oh. But no one in this country can ever pronounce my name right. It's, it's not that hard. Yeah, well, at least your name isn't Michael Bolton. You know, there's nothing wrong with that name. There was nothing wrong with it until I was about 12 years old, and that no-talent ass clown became famous and started winning Grammys. Why don't you just uh, go by Mike instead of Michael? No way. Why should I change? He's the one who sucks. Hey, guys. What's up, G? Want to go to Chachki's? Get some coffee? Oh, it's a little early. I I gotta get out of here. I think I'm gonna lose it. Uh Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Boy, I tell you, some days, one of these days, it's just going to be like. (laughs) So can I get you gentlemen something more to drink or maybe something to nibble on? Some pizza shooters, shrimp poppers or extreme fajitas. Just coffee. Okay. Sounds like a case of the Mondays. (laughs) (laughs) So many great lines just in that last clip alone. Between Michael Bolton being a no-talent ass clown to why should I change my name? He's the one that sucks. It's just perfect. By the way, the reason the ass clown line even came to be was because Herman couldn't deliver the original line written correctly, which was that non-singing asshole. It just didn't flow verbally for him, and the brilliant alternative was created. Though Michael and the gang aren't amused with having uh, a case of the Mondays, Peter again sees his crush named Joanna, played by Jennifer Aniston, who is a server at the restaurant they frequent called Tchotchkes. 
While Peter has a crust on Joanna, he's trying to work on things with his girlfriend Anne, played by Alexandra Wentworth, and he agrees to go to an occupational hypnotherapist with her. The group is then informed by their always stressed out co-worker Tom, played by Richard Reel, that a company meeting has been announced and that a consulting firm is going to be brought in, which is always code for upcoming layoffs. You know, there are people in this world that don't have to put up with all this shit. Like that guy that invented the pet rock. You see, that's what you have to do. You have to use your mind and come up with some really great idea like that, and you can make millions, never have to work again. You think the pet rock was a really great idea? Sure it was. The guy made a million dollars. You know, I had an idea like that once, a long time ago. Really, what was it, Tom? Well, all right. It was a jump to conclusions, Matt. You see, it would be this mat that you would put on the floor and would have different conclusions written on it that you could jump to. That is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life, Tom. Yes. Yes, it's horrible, this idea. (laughs) Poor Tom. Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bullshit to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean shit up if they had a million dollars. You know what I would do if I had a million dollars? I would invest half of it in Loris mutual funds and then take the other half over to my friend Asadullah who works in uh, securities. Samir, Samir, you're missing the point. The point of the exercise is that you're supposed to figure out what you would want to do. If... PC load letter? What the fuck does that mean? PC load letter between the paper jam and the PC load letter I'd want to kill the printer too and by the way the PC load letter scene was not scripted David Herman had more lines to say to Ron Livingston but he was interrupted by the photocopier jamming and didn't understand what the air message meant Peter arrives home to his apartment after work and immediately his mullet wearing neighbor Lawrence played by Diedrich Bader yells for Peter to turn on the television because there's a naked chick on channel 9 ah paper thin walls Jeez, Lawrence. Well, I'm sorry, man. I thought you wanted to see this. Doesn't that chick look like Ann? Yeah, a little bit. I... Hey, she hasn't been over here in a while. You two still going out? Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. Sometimes I get the feeling like she's cheating on me. Yeah, I get that feeling too, man. What do you mean by that? I don't know, man. I just get that feeling looking at her like she's the type of chick that would just I'm sorry, man. Look, I, 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 you know, I'm talking out of my ass. I don't know. Forget it. Don't worry. It's all right. I just, I had a rough day. Tell me about it, man. Oh, I gotta wake my ass up at 6 a.m. every day this week. Drag up to Las Galindas. Yeah, I'm doing the drywall up there at the new McDonald's. Let me ask you something. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No, man. 
shit. No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Huh. We still going fishing this weekend? Uh, Lumberg's gonna have me come in on Saturday. I just know it. We can get out of that easily. Yeah. How? Well, when a boss wants you to work on Saturday, he generally asks you at the end of the day, right? Yeah. So all you gotta do is avoid them. That's all right. I've got it. On the last few hours on Friday, duck out early. Turn off your answering machine. You should be home free, man. That's a really good idea. Fucking A, man. Lawrence, what would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. <laughs> That's it? You had a million dollars, you'd do two chicks at the same time? Damn straight. Always wanted to do that, man. And I think if I were a millionaire, I could hook that up, too, because chicks dig dudes with money. Well, not all chicks. Well, the type of chicks that double up on a dude like me do. Good point. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke, don't do shit. That's some sage wisdom from Lawrence. By the way, the line about his cousin was ad-libbed by Dietrich Bader. The next day at work is the company meeting, and Peter attempts to avoid Lumberg in order to not have to work on the weekend. But saving your work on, on a floppy disk is always a killer. So you should ask yourself, with every decision you make, is this good for the company? Am I helping with the, the guy? company's yeah, strategic sure. vision? Okay, then. Um, I'd like to go ahead and welcome uh, a new member to our team here. This is uh, Bob Slidell. Yeah. Uh, Bob is a consultant. Yeah, he's going to be sort of... Uh, Helping us out a little here, asking some questions, maybe seeing if there are some ways we can make things run a little more smoothly around here. Yeah. Oh, and remember, next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. But I said I don't care if they lay me off either because I told I told Bill that if they move my desk one more time then then I, then I'm quitting I'm going to quit and and I told Dom too because they've moved my desk four times already this year and I used to be over by the window and I could see the squirrels and they were married but then they switched from the swing line to the Boston stapler but I kept my swing line stapler because it didn't bind up as much and, and I kept the staples for the swing line stapler okay Milton and, oh no it's not okay because if they make me if they if they take my my stapler then I'll, I'll, I'll have to I'll set the building on fire okay well that sounds uh sounds great uh I'll talk to you I, later I,
Peter. What's happening? Um, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and come in tomorrow. So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Oh, oh, and I almost forgot. Um, uh, I'm also gonna need you to go ahead and come in on Sunday too. Okay. We uh, lost some people this week, and uh, we need to sort of play catch-up. Thanks. After getting tasked with that shitty news, it's off to hypnotherapy for Peter with his girlfriend, Anne. So I was sitting in my cubicle today, and I realized ever since I started working, um, every single day of my life has been worse than the day before it. So that means that every single day that you see me, that's on the worst day of my life. What about today? Is today the worst day of your life? Yeah. Wow, that's messed up. I'm sorry. Go on. Is there any way that you could sort of just zonk me out so that like I, I don't know that I'm at work in here? Could I come home and think that I've been fishing all day or something? That's really not what I do, Peter. <laughs> However, the good news is, I think I can help you. I want you to do something for me, Peter. I want you to try and relax. I want you to relax every muscle in your body, beginning with your toes to your fingertips. I want you to relax your legs. You're beginning to feel your eyelids getting heavy as you slip deeper and deeper into a state of complete relaxation. All your cares and concerns are disappearing. Deeper and deeper, way down. Your concern about your job melts away. Way, way down. from three, you will be in a state of complete relaxation. Your worries, cares, and inhibitions will be gone. And you will remain in that state until I snap my fingers. Three, deeper and deeper, way, way down. Two, deeper and deeper, way down. So the hypnotherapist drops dead from an apparent heart attack, but Peter is completely in tranquil bliss because he was never taken out of his state of hypnotism. This means Peter's just sleeping the entire weekend and blows off all of his phone calls, like Lumberg about coming into the office, or Anne who decides to break up with him on his answer machine.
Yeah, hi, it's Bill Lumberg. It's about 10 o'clock. Yeah, just uh, wondering where you are. Yeah, hi, it's Bill Lumberg again. Uh, I just wanted to make sure you knew that we did start at the um, usual time this morning. Yeah, it isn't a half day or anything like that. So if you could just go ahead and get here as soon as possible, that would be terrific. Yeah, hi, it's Bill Lumber. Yeah, it's Yeah, hi, it's Bill Lumber. Yeah, it's me again. Uh, I was away from my desk for a minute, just checking in in case you called while I was gone. Hello? Peter, what's going on? Huh? It's 3.30, why aren't you at work? Because I, I, I didn't feel like it. <sighs> Peter, what's gotten into you? First you just sit there while Dr. Swanson dies, then you just walk out of the car and embarrass me in front of my friends, and don't blame this on hypnosis either, that's total bull- Listen, asshole, nobody hangs up on me. We're through. Oh, and one more thing. I've been cheating on you! Peter doesn't bother going in right away to the office or putting on his office clothes. He just goes straight to tchotchkes, not really to eat, but to see Joanna. Hi, I'm Peter. Hi, can I help you? What are you doing for lunch today? Uh, well, our specials today are blackened chicken, and it's actually right there on the board. Excuse me. Hey, look who's back. Table for three. To... I was asking what you were doing for lunch. Would you like to have lunch with me? Are you are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I don't. Uh, I don't think I'm supposed to do that. Oh. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm gonna go next door and get a table. And if you'd like to join me, uh, no big deal. All right. And if not, that's cool too. Okay. Okay. All right. When you say uh, next door, do you mean uh, chilies or, or flingers? Flingers. Okay. Ah, if it was only that easy to ask someone out, right? While Peter doesn't have a care in the world, the consultants known as the Bobs are interviewing each employee to determine their worth to the company. First is Tom, who is absolutely priceless in his reaction. What you do at Inatech is you take the specifications from the customers and you bring them down to the software engineers. Yes, y- yes, that's, that's right. Well, then I just have to ask, why couldn't the customers just take them directly to the, to the software people, huh? Well, uh, I'll tell you why. Uh, because engineers are not good at dealing with customers. Uh-huh. So you physically take the specs from the customer? Well, no. My, my secretary does that. Or the facts. Huh. So then you must physically bring them to the software people? Well, no. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. Uh, what, what would you say 
you do here? Well, look, I already told you. I deal with the goddamn customers so the engineers don't have to. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. Can't you understand it? What the hell is wrong with you people? Ah, oh, Tom. What's funny is that even though you're good at your job and are needed at your position, when you're put on the spot, it's easy to blank and not be able to articulate your value. But then there are times, like Tom, where he even knows that he's not really needed with the company. Next is another hilarious scene and a film filled with them as it's Michael's turn with the Bobs. Let's see. You are Michael... Bolton? Yeah. Is that your real name? Yeah. Are you any relation to the pop singer? No, it's it's just a coincidence. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I love his music. I do. I'm a Michael Bolton fan. For my money, I don't know if it gets any better than when he sings When a Man Loves a Woman. But you must really love his music, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's... He's pretty, he's pretty good, I guess. You're goddamn right he is. <laughs> <laughs> right. So tell me, what's your favorite song of his? Mm. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess I sort of like them all. That's <laughs> so Ryan, I'm the yeah. exact same way, but it must be twice as hard for you being to have the same name as him. I celebrate the guy's entire catalog. Anyway, let's get down to business, Michael. You know, you, you can just call me Mike. <laughs> the Bobs weren't amused just calling him Mike. Back in Peterland, Joanna decided to join Peter for lunch at Flingers. Where do you uh, work, Peter? In a tech. And yeah, what, what do you do there? I sit in a cubicle and I update bank software for the 2000 switch. What's that? Well, see, they wrote all this bank software and... Uh, to save space, they used two digits for the date instead of four, so like 98 instead of 1998. Uh, so I go through these thousands of lines of code, and uh, it doesn't really matter. I, uh, I don't like my job, and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore. You're just not going to go? Yeah. Won't you get fired? I don't know, but I really don't like it, and uh, I'm not going to go. So you're going to quit? Nuh-uh. Not really. Uh, I'm just going to stop going. <laughs> uh, when did you decide all of that? About an hour ago. Really? Yeah. About an hour ago. <laughs> so are you going to get another job? I don't think I'd like another job. <laughs> what are you going to do about money and bills and... You know, I've never really liked paying bills. I don't think I'm going to do that either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so what do you want to do? I want to take you out to dinner. And then I want to go back to my apartment and watch Kung Fu. Do you ever watch Kung Fu? I love Kung Fu. Channel 39. Totally. You should come over and watch Kung Fu tonight. Okay. Great. Okay. Can we order lunch first? Yeah. Ah, the power of the show Kung Fu. Back at the office, the company Doormat, who is Milton, takes another blow from Lumberg. Yeah. 
working out. Took a stapler off my desk. Anyway, sounds great, Bob. See you if you. Hi, Milton. What's happening? Um, I'm gonna have to ask you to go ahead and move your desk again. So, if you could go ahead and get it as far back against that wall as possible, that would be great. No. No, because I would that way we'll have some room for no some of these had to move boxes and things we need to put in here. No room. And uh oh, oh, there it is. What? It, here, let me just go ahead and get that from you. Great. So if you could just get to that as soon as possible, that would be terrific. Okay. Thanks a bunch, Milton. Bye. Okay. I set the building on fire. Peter! Michael! What the hell's going on, man? People thought you were gonna come in here and start shooting. No. I just came to get my address book. I'm not gonna stay. I got a phone number, Mike, that I don't wanna lose. What? Peter, you're in deep shit. You were supposed to come in on Saturday. What were you doing? Michael, I did nothing. I did absolutely nothing, and it was everything that I thought it could be. Well, I hope you have a better story than that for Lumberg. You know, you're supposed to be having your interview right now with the consultants. The who? The consultants? What has gotten into you? Oh, yeah. Right. Wait, Peter, Peter. You gotta postpone it, man. Tell me you've been sick. Make something up. Oh, no way. No, I feel great. It's the best day of my life. So Milton loses his stapler again, and Peter, without a care in the world, decides to meet with the Bobs. Next better looks like a Peter Gibbons. Uh-huh. Oh, there you are. We're just talking about you. You must be Peter Gibbons. Uh-huh. Terrific. I'm Bob Slidell. This is my associate, Bob Porter. Oh, hi, Bob. Bob? Peter, why don't you go ahead and grab a seat and join us for a minute or two. You see, what we're actually trying to do here is we're just... We're trying to get a feel for how people spend their day at work. So, if you would, would you walk us through a typical day for you yeah great well i generally come in at least 15 minutes late uh i use the side door that way lumber can't see me <laughs> and uh and after that i just sort of space out for about an hour Tell but, uh, space out yeah i just stare at my desk but it looks like i'm working i do that for uh probably another hour after lunch too i'd say in a given week I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. Uh, Peter, would you be a good sport and indulge us and just tell us a little more? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something about TPS reports. Uh, TPS. The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. Don't, don't care? It's a problem of motivation, all right? Now, if I work my ass off and Initech ships a few extra units, I don't see another dime. So where's the motivation? Now, here's something else, Bob. I have eight different bosses right now. Uh, beg your pardon? Eight bosses. Eight? Eight, Bob. So that means that when I make a mistake, I have eight different people coming by to tell me about it. That's my only real motivation, is not to be hassled. That and the fear of losing my job, but you know, Bob, 
that'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Would you bear with me for just a second, please? Okay. What if, and believe me, this is so <laughs> hypothetical. But what if you were offered some kind of a stock option equity sharing program? Would that do anything for you? I don't know, I guess. Listen, I'm gonna go. Uh, it's been really nice talking to both of you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, the pleasure's all on this side yeah. of the table, trust me. Good luck with your layoffs, all right? I hope your firings go really well. Okay. Excellent. Great. Yeah. Wow. Again, one of my favorite lines is on a given week, I probably do 15 minutes of real actual work. And while it's probably not the best idea to just go into interviews with I don't give a shit attitude, there is something to be said uh, for just being totally relaxed, you know, for a potential stressful situation. That's what happened on one of my job interviews where I had been interviewing for three hours. And by the time I was done, and I knew I had another interview coming coming up in about a half an hour, uh, I was so relaxed that by the time I got to the other interview, I just nailed it and ended up having that job. Back to the movie, while Peter is completely open and honest with the bobs and strolls right by Lumberg without saying a word, Joanna is having to deal with wearing flair and her smarmy boss at Tchotchkes. And I, um... We need to talk about your flair. Really? I, I have 15 pieces on. I, uh, well... Okay, 15 is the minimum, okay? Okay. Now, you know, it's up to you whether or not you want to just do the bare minimum or, uh, well, like Brian, for example, has 37 pieces of flair on today, okay? Mm. A terrific smile. Okay, so you you want me to wear more? <laughs> Look, Joanna, Yeah. people can get a cheeseburger anywhere, okay? They come to tchotchkes for the atmosphere and the attitude, okay? That's what the flair is about. It's about fun. Yeah. Okay, so more than, yeah? <laughs> Look, we want you to express yourself, okay? Now, if you feel that the bare minimum is enough, then okay. But some people choose to wear more, and we encourage that, okay? You do want to express yourself, don't you? Y yeah. Okay, great, great. By the way, if you didn't know, Joanna's boss is played by Mike Judge. As you can almost hear, the voice of Mr. Van Driesen, the hippie teacher of Beavis and Butthead, who always had the okay. For the look of Joanna's boss, Judge saw a guy at Kinkos once that had the same look and attitude. He was just an uptight prick. We go back to the office, and the Bobs share their feedback with Lumberg, who is not too enthused about what they have to say about Peter. So there's three more people we can easily lose. And then there's Tom Sinkowski. He's useless. Gone. Sounds good to me. Here's a peculiar. Uh, Milton Wadhams. Who's he? You know, squirrely looking guy, mumbles a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah we, we can't actually find a record of him being a current employee here. I looked into it more deeply, and I found that apparently what happened is that he was laid off five years ago, and no one ever told him about it. But through some kind of glitch in the payroll department, he still gets a paycheck. So we just... Went ahead and fixed the glitch. Mm. Great. So, uh, Milton has been let go. Well, just a second there, Professor. We, uh, we fixed the glitch. So he won't be receiving a paycheck anymore, so it'll just work itself out naturally. Mm -hmm. We always like to avoid confrontation whenever possible. 
problem is solved from your end. <laughs> um, I'd like to move us right along to a Peter Gibbons. Now, we had a chance to meet this young man, and boy, that's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. Ooh, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Yeah, uh, he's been real flaky lately. And I'm just not sure that he's the caliber person that we would want for upper management. He's also been having some problems with his TPS reports. I'll have this here. We feel that the problem isn't with Peter. Mm -mm. It's that you haven't challenged him enough to get him really motivated. There it is. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. Yeah, Bill, let me ask you a real quick question here. How much time would you say you spend each week dealing with these TPS reports? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peter continues his lack of caring attitude at work by arriving the next day and parking in Lumberg's spot. He removes the metal door handle to avoid being shocked by the static electricity and then takes down the new slogan banner that's hanging above the cubicles. The montage continues with Peter going on dates with Joanna and not showing up to work on time. And when he does eventually show up to work, he cleans and guts a fish at his desk that he caught and then knocks down one of the cubicle walls so that he has a window view. So, Peter, what's happening? Ah... Now, are you going to go ahead and have those TPS reports for us this afternoon? No. Ah, uh, yeah. So, I guess we should probably go ahead and have a little talk, hmm? All right now, Lumberg, I'm, I'm kind of busy. In fact, look, I'm going to have to ask you to go ahead and just come back another time. I got a meeting with the Bobs in a couple of minutes. Uh, I wasn't aware of a meeting with them. Yeah, they called me at home. That sounds good, Peter. And uh, we'll go ahead and get this all fixed up for you. Great. While Lumberg decides to move Milton down to the basement after Milton asks about not receiving his paycheck, Peter gets some surprising news from the Bobs. I'm sure you, you've... You've heard some of the rumors circulating around the hallways about how we're going to be doing a little house cleaning with some of the software people. Well, Bob, I have heard that. You've got to do what you got to do. We're going to be getting rid of these people here. Uh, first, Mr. Samir Nagahina. I'm not going to work here anymore anyway. <laughs> and Mr. Mike Bolton. I was going to miss him. You're going to lay off Samir and Michael. Oh, yeah, we're going to bring in some uh, entry-level graduates, farm some work out to Singapore, as usual deal. Yeah. Standard operating procedure. Do they know this yet? No, no, of course not. <laughs> we find it's always better to fire people on a Friday. Studies have statistically shown that there's less chance of an incident if you do it at the end of the week. Anyway, Peter, what we'd like to do is put you into position to have as many as four people working right underneath you. This is a big promotion, Pete. It's huge. So you're going to fire Michael and Samir and you're going to give me more money? Hmm? Wow. Now Peter feels horrible that his friends are getting laid off and he's getting a promotion for not giving a shit about his job. 
Peter decides to tell Michael after work later that day, but before that, he asks Michael about the virus he thought up, where they embezzle fractions of cents to a separate bank account, and since these fractions are so small, the accounting department never notices, the joke being it's the same crime committed by Richard Pryor's character in Superman 3. After pontificating about how brilliant the idea is, Peter tells Michael about the layoffs. Cock gobblers. Samir and I are the best programmers they got at that place. And you, you haven't been showing up and you get to keep your job. Actually, I'm being promoted. What? I know, Michael. It's completely unfair. And I realized something today. It's not just about me and my dream of doing nothing. It's about all of us together. I don't know what happened to me at that hypnotherapist and... I don't know, maybe it was just shock and it's wearing off now, but when I saw that fat man keel over and die, Michael, we don't have a lot of time on this earth. We weren't meant to spend it this way. Human beings were not meant to sit in little cubicles staring at computer screens all day, filling out useless forms and listening to eight different bosses drone on about mission statements. I told those fudge packers I like Michael Bolton's music. Uh, that is not right, Michael. Five years now, you've worked your ass off at Inatech, hoping for a promotion or some kind of profit sharing or something. Five years of your mid-twenties now, gone. And you're gonna go in tomorrow, they're gonna throw you out on the street. You know why? So that Bill Lumberg's stock will go up a quarter of a point. <sighs> Michael, let's make that stock go down. And let's take enough money out of that place so that we never, ever have to sit in a cubicle ever again. Your software works, right? Of course it works. That's not the point. Look, even if I wanted to, I wouldn't know how to install it. I don't know that credit union software well enough, okay? Yeah, but Samir does. But Peter, that's not much money. That's the beauty of it. Each withdrawal, it's a fraction of a cent. That's too small to notice. But you take a few thousand withdrawals a day, you space it out over a couple of years, that's a few hundred thousand dollars. It's like Superman 3. Superman 3? What? I have to leave now, okay? I have to get my resume ready. Get your resume ready for what? For another job where they can just fire you for no reason? That's right. If I'm lucky. Look, I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired of being pushed around. Aren't you? Yes, Peter. But I'm not doing you to do anything illegal. Illegal? Samir, this is America. Come on, sit down. Come on, this isn't Riyadh. You know, they're not gonna saw your hands off here, all right? The worst they would ever do is they would put you for a couple of months into a white collar, minimum security resort. Shit, we should be so lucky. Do you know they have conjugal visits there? Really? Yes. Shit, I'm a free man. I haven't had a conjugal visit in six months. So, what do you think? This thing is actually pretty fail safe, Samir. Samir? You came here looking for a land of opportunity. And this is the knock of that opportunity. Tomorrow's your last day at Inatech. You have two options, unemployment or early retirement. What's it gonna be? I have a question. Yes. In, in these conjugal visits, you can have sex with women? Yep, you sure can. Okay, I'll do it. That's what I'm talking about when I talk Peter, about America. How we discuss the plan, okay? Okay, yeah, good, right. Okay. It works like a computer virus, right? So all we have to do is load it anywhere into the credit union mainframe and it'll do the rest. Okay, you guys get me that disc and I'll take care of it from there. But listen, before we go any further, all right, 
we have to swear to God, Allah, that nobody knows about this but us, all right? No family members, no girlfriends, nobody. Of course. Agreed. Don't worry, man. I won't tell anyone either. What the fuck is that? No, don't worry about him. He's cool. All right. All right, it's time to plant the virus. But of course, things don't go as planned, and for those that haven't seen the film, I don't want to spoil the fun for you. Plus, there's other side plots involving Peter and Joanna, Milton, and the others, and many more hilarious scenes. So while this film is hilarious for anyone, if you've ever worked in a cubicle office environment or in tech, this is like the holy grail of satire for the tech industry and was the blueprint for eventually for the TV show Silicon Valley, also created by Mike Judge, who doesn't get enough credit for his comedic genius. Also, the characters in this film are so perfectly cast, and I'm not talking about the main stars, but the side characters. That's what makes this film brilliant. All right, there were a number of deleted scenes, so there was Peter and Lumberg discussing the bathroom. Corporate accounts payable, Hello, Peter. What's happening? Um, I came by here yesterday around 10 o'clock, and you weren't here. Yeah, I was just sort of wondering where you were. Yeah, I, uh, I must have been in the bathroom. Hmm, yeah. Actually, I went to the bathroom after I came by here, and I didn't see you in there. I, I suppose I must have been in one of the stalls. Hmm. Yeah. You weren't wearing wingtips, were you? I don't remember. Hmm. Well, if you could just go ahead and let us know if you're going to be gone for any length of time, that would be great. Things are going to be getting kind of tight around here. Okay? Happy hour at Tchotchkes. Just another picture, thank you. Okay, great! <laughs> thank God it's Friday, huh? I'm sorry, Tom. Did you want another order of extreme fajitas? Mm -hmm. uh. Do you guys ever wonder what would happen if you just stopped working? You'd be a street person. No, not necessarily, all right? Now think about it. If I just stopped going to work, all right, I could probably last a couple of months before I ran out of money. I could live off my credit cards for another four months after that. It takes at least six months to evict somebody, all right? And at least another two months after that before they come and physically remove me from the apartment, okay? So I could last over a year. Yeah, then you'd be a street person. Yeah, but I would have over a year to come up with some way to make a whole bunch of money. Peter goes off on Nina. Could you please, for the love of God, just once answer the phone differently or just put the accent somewhere else? Like, corporate accounts payable. Or just, hello, corporate accounts, please hold. Whatever happened to please hold? Just a moment, just a moment, just a moment. Hold on a second. Anything, a little variety. Could you do that, please? Because that would make the next 20 years of my life just that much less odious. And I would really appreciate it, thank you. Tom's mixed heritage called into question. Well, that's odd. I hadn't noticed the spelling of your last name before. It ends in an S-K-I. 
The absence of a Y and a suffix like that usually indicates a pretty mixed heritage. Maybe that's the problem we've been having. A really mixed cultural bag. Were your folks forced to change their name when they came over? Milton and Bob. E. Milton Wadhams, is it? Yeah. I'll tell you what, Milton. Yeah. Uh, I've been going over the employee roster, and I, I can't seem to find your name in it anywhere. Are you are you new here? No, I've been working here for 15 years, and I didn't even receive a 10-year watch, and I was told that I would receive Boy, watch. that's odd. Yes. Have you received any checks lately? With, yes, but I worked overtime last month, and I did not receive compensation for that. Peter's revelation. Wait, wait Peter. You got postponement, man. Tell me you've been sick. Make something up. Oh, no way, Michael. I feel great. This is the best day of my life. What, what has gotten into you? Did that hypnotherapist give you lobotomy? No, actually, he died. He died? Yeah, that was the weirdest thing. Michael, one minute, he's looking into my eyes, just telling me to, to forget about all my worries, just relax and deeper, deep. And then, well, he died, but in my head, something clicked. All right? And I realized something, Michael. We don't have a lot of time. We can't afford to waste it being miserable. Look at yourself, Michael. Take look at all, look at him. Look at all of these people. Look what we've chosen to be with our. Keep your voice down, okay? Because you sound like a Gen X coffee house dick right now. Look, if you want my advice, don't go in there. Tell Lumberg you've been really sick and buy some time until you can come up with a better story. Oh, Michael. You're a good friend. Thank you. Mm. But I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be a lot of fun. <clears throat> Lumberg's dead. You guys go to Lumberg's funeral? Shit, no. 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 And another Lumberg, which is an alternate ending. Yeah. If you guys could just go ahead and sort of pick up the pace a little bit, that'd be great. There's another outtake with John McGinley as Bob Slidell talking about Michael Bolton. It's so good. Have you had a chance to pick up the opera album yet? Stunning. Very emotional. I dare you to listen to that song and not cry. And not cry. Not going to happen. Could I let you all in on a crazy thing? I love Michael Bolton so much that a couple years ago when the How to Hit for Power of a Topo video came out, I snagged it. I love the haircut. I love the way he's taking his career. I'm going to say something right now, and I mean every syllable of it. I think he's one of the most significant performers on the planet. Outright. He's the man. Out of sight. All right, some fun facts. If you were wondering what TPS stands for, and of course I was as well, Mike Judge said it was Test Program Set. That iconic red stapler that was coveted by Milton was created for the film by the prop department. They needed a bright enough color to be seen on film, and so they chose red. After the film was released, the Swingline Stapler Company began to receive requests from customers for red staplers. However, they had stopped offering red several years before, so they made a decision to start offering the color once again. Mike Judd said after the film came out, although it was not an on-box office success, he received compliments from many celebrities who enjoyed the film. Jim Carrey invited Judge to his house, 
Chris Rock left one of the best voicemails ever, according to Mike Judge, and Madonna took him to dinner. The studio wanted Matt Damon as Peter, but Mike Judge felt the role should not have a star energy. Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson auditioned for the role of Lawrence, while Kate Hudson was considered to play Joanna. Tchotchkes is a takeoff on the popular TGI Friday's restaurant chain. If you remember, the TGI Friday's waiting staff used to wear striped shirts and suspenders adorned with buttons and name tags. The restaurant themselves are frequently decorated with assorted knickknacks and memorabilia. A reference is made to TJ Fridays when someone mentions, thank God it's Friday, while at the restaurant. Mike Judge said, after so many jokes about flair, certain TJ Fridays decided to stop with the buttons years after the film came out. All right, two people that definitely have some funny things to say about past jobs is Metal Mike Tyler and Bill Roseberry, and they talk a good bit about their past jobs, and it's absolutely hilarious. This is one of the funniest interviews I've done with them, and that says a lot because we always have a great time. So strap it in, enjoy this one, go watch Office Space again, and then I'll be back next week with yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Okay, we have two longtime guests who, frankly, are just two straight shooters with upper management written all over them. And, of course, that's Metal Mike Tyler and Bill Roseberry. Thank you guys for joining me, fellas. Uh, thanks for having us. <laughs> I'm going to show you my old face, Brian. Oh, oh, oh. You know what I'm talking about. Oh. I do, and it's a complete HR violation, which is great, which is actually interesting. <laughs> I just thought of that. There really is no – was there any HR rep at that company? There, could, they, there couldn't have been. <laughs> There's no way there was any HR for that company. <laughs> Again, this – this is one of the most quotable films there is but for whatever reason this film simply did not find success initially at the box office why do you think that is and we'll start with bill well for one it it didn't have a uh a cast that anybody knew i think you know jennifer anderson was she was fairly new i guess she would have been the only one um Nobody really knew much about Ron Livingston and, and, and some of the other guys that are in it. I mean, Gary Cole's just a character actor. Nobody even knew who Steven Root was at that time. I mean, so I think that's seen my stapler. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the other thing is maybe just like the, the concept of it just looked kind of goofy, you know? I mean, it, uh, it, and it was Mike Judge's, was this not, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm off the top of my head. I think this was his first venture into movies, right? I point, think so. He, at least mainstream. He was basically known for Beavis and Butthead. This right. Point. I mean, he made the Beavis and Butthead movie, but that was it. Yes. Well, that's true. That was before this. But yeah, yeah. He, he, he hadn't done anything live action. He was a cartoon guy. And I think people are like, you know, but then again, I don't know how much money Idiocracy made at the box office either but i love that one too if if you ever do idiocracy mike and i need to come on for that too no doubt and and you bring up a good point about mike judge he really has been successful doing uh tv not not films but uh, we'll we'll get into that too um mike why why don't you think this movie took off well i gotta be honest with you this movie kind of passed by my radar when it when it came out in the box office i didn't really know anything about it hadn't heard anything about it um it was just one of those video rentals that I got at the time, and I remember taking it home, and, and I loved it. I thought it was hilarious, and it. I don't think the film was promoted correctly. Mm-hmm. I don't think the film was 
really pushed, man, because I don't really remember seeing a lot of trailers for this movie or any advertisements for it when it came out, you know. And um, also, I do know it was Mike Judge's as far as live action. It was his first film. Right. But he just always seems to make these films that don't find their audience until later because it's the same with Idiocracy. And mm-hmm. both movies are kind of prophetic as far as like oh. the way things have gone, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the tech world, let's see, this came out in 99. So it was right before, I mean, right at the dot-com boom, but maybe people didn't really realize it yet. So maybe it came out a few years after it w- would have maybe taken off. I don't know. I think Bill brings up a good point about the about the actors, you know, besides Jennifer Aniston. I, you know, just as a whole, and we kind of touched upon this, why do you think his TV shows almost always do really well, but his his movies don't. I mean, Beavis and Butthead, huge hit. King of the Hill, even bigger. And then Silicon Valley did really well. So, Mike, why why do you think TV-wise he always does better than his movies? That's an excellent question because I don't really know. I'm a fan of his work. I like mm-hmm. all the shows and the movies. Um, I, 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 I couldn't tell you, Brian. Honestly, I, it's one of those weird anomalies, man. You know, well, it's just I'm going to have to have you come in on Saturday because you don't have an answer, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah okay man uh, god damn it uh, uh yeah i'm gonna need you to come in on saturday that's right uh bill what, what do you think i uh, see i've never watched silicone valley i mean i i've heard of it i know that that was an hbo show correct it was and for me it was too close to home for, for a lot of us but yeah right. um, i think you'd enjoy it i mean I, yeah i probably would i mean because i've liked all his work but i think you know for Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, I think it's just, it's animation compared to live action. I think people, you know, when they thought Mike Judge, they thought animation. And they, they right. thought kind of bad animation that was just hilarious, you know? I mean, I guess sometimes to make really dumb material, it has to take some smart writers. Because let's face it, I mean, some of the stuff Beavis and Butthead said or and did were so stupid. I mean... I, I remember growing up, my my mom would, I, I didn't get to watch it for a while. I got banned from watching it, you know? Mm. And, because, uh, I mean, I was a, a young teenager when it came out, and I loved it. And I still do. And my mom still gets mad if I talk about it. <laughs> I used to walk around and, and laugh, you know, and, and, and quote it. And she, oh, my God, she'd get mad. <laughs> Just thinking of him as... It, is animated animation um you know silicon valley was after these movies i mean it was way later i mean that's not that old so i i I don't want to put that in the same space as king of the hill and and beavis and butthead compared to it because i mean when did silicon valley come out it was probably a decade after idiocracy oh yeah easily yeah i think idiocracy was 06 and this Mm -hmm. movie in office space was 1999 right so so I think that's really what it is, just is his uh, his link to to animation. Mm-hmm. Oh, so in Office Space, I mean, the typecasting in this film was absolutely brilliant, even though you didn't have big names. So much so that some of the actors who played the characters like Lumberg and uh, Milton and my, and the guy who played Michael Bolton, they're almost forever known as those specific roles. Uh, so, yeah. How did you feel about the casting, Mike? Oh, I loved it. I mean, I I already knew who Ron Livingston was because I'm a big fan of Swainers, you know. Sure, love that movie, and uh, so so I knew who he was. But a lot of the others, and of course, I recognized dude from uh, 
was he on the Drew Carey show or was it that? Deidre what's my Bates line? Was on Drew Carey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. I always thought he was, he was probably funny. the second most famous person, and to me, besides Jennifer, mm, you because know. I watched Drew Carey and I watched Friends. Okay. But uh, most of them were were new to me, man. But I, I don't know. I just got a big kick out of it because even though I don't really work in the uh, business world per se, I mean, I, I'm more closer to that now than I ever have been with what I do at Bria Valton. As the infection preventionist, I'm in management, and it, it is definitely interesting to see things from the other perspective, if that makes any sense. And but it's there's just certain things though that even as a nurse I could relate to, like the fucking copy machine being a piece of shit and wanting to smash it. I totally relate to that, <laughs> totally. You know, so things like that. And I don't know. It's just funny, man. The the you know the dialogue and the and. I, and like we've all been there, man. And I don't know. I just thought it was a funny movie, man. And it became for me and my friends a cult classic instantly. Yeah. Know? Hey, Mike. Let me ask yeah. a question. What, yeah. What hit would, me up. What would you do? What would you do if you had a million bucks? <laughs> I'd probably, uh, you know, pay two chicks to double do me, man. Yeah, that's what I would do. Dollars to do that, Mike. <laughs> you do, and you want two <laughs> girls to double do, uh, or what, what's he, what's he double on a dude like me, man? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love that. I love that movie. And it, it, a fabulous mullet, and, uh, yeah. and anytime I see a copy machine, I still say PC Loadwater. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> my another one of my favorite parts is when he's like, "Man, she just kind of looks like that chick to me too." What are you saying? I don't know, man. She just looks like the kind of chick that do something like that, man. <laughs> oh hell, don't listen to me. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I uh, you know I don't think Jennifer Aniston gets enough credit for her comedic talents. So, what do you guys think? And we'll start with Bill. I think she has a lot as far as her acting. I I think she's a lot better in some other movies as far as comedic. This was like that's another thing. It, now that you're talking about it, and I'm thinking about it, you have mm-hmm. to. Bader and you had Jennifer Aniston and even Steven Root had been on um, news radio. Sure. That's true. Yeah. Too. those guys, none of them had really carried a movie yet either. And, and, and I think Jennifer Aniston is almost just like a, a pretty face and an extra on this. I think her, her acting ability in movies like meet the Millers or along came Polly or, some other ones are way better than they are in office space, but oh, horrible uh, bosses. She's great. Horrible bosses. Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. in that, and I mean, the, the, the funniest part with her in, in office space is when she, when she's uh, talking to her boss and boss kept fucking with her about her flair. And finally she flips right. him off. And goes, is there, how's that for flair? I mean, <laughs> but, but she, she really, I don't know. She was almost like just a, a, a an extra part of this movie. I almost sometimes forget she was even in it until I watched. Mm. I'm like, oh yeah, Jennifer Aniston was in Office Space. But when I think Along Came Polly um, or Meet the Millers, I know she's right there with Jason Sudeikis and um, and Ben Stiller. I mean, you know, she's a big part of those movies to me, and even Horrible Bosses. Yeah. So you know, I and and even some of the what was the I don't own it, but the the um, the Adam Sandler movie. Uh, she was she was good in that too. Where they oh went, um, just go with just it. go with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, she's. I think she's done better. Well, let's be honest. She pretty much just plays the girlfriend. 
yes. in this movie. Okay, in this it's one. not, and it and maybe I often wondered why she did the film. Maybe it was because she was such a Mike Judge fan that she, you know, because I mean she's not bad in the film by any means, but I mean hell, I thought she was funnier on on Friends Absolutely. than she was on 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 the, in this movie. So as far as comedic chops, you know, I wasn't surprised she was in the film because like. I kind of expected her to have a bigger part because she was even then a pretty big deal on friends. So it was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it was kind of like, that's one of the things that kind of surprised me about the film is she's not really in it a whole lot. And when she is, she's just like Ron Livingston's girlfriend kind of thing. Right. By the way, the boss, if you didn't know that, that is my judge. And then uh, just to correct bill real quick, it's we're the Millers. So, oh, yeah. yeah. What did I say? What did I say? Meet the Millers, which meet would be the meet the Fockers yeah, right. or meet, like, the meet the parents. Yeah, <laughs> but been we a, do. Been a long week. I'm already in vacation mode here, man. <laughs> there you go. And you didn't even do your TPS reports. So, right. You know. Yeah, I know. Fuck them. I'll get them <laughs> back. <laughs> it wasn't it, for me. It was Stephen Root and Gary Cole that really carried this movie and Diedrich Bader. I would have loved sure. to have more Diedrich Bader, but but Stephen Root and Gary Cole would. They're the two that, when you think of Office Space, you think of Milton and Lumberg. I mean, they they fucking rule. Well, I mean, think about it. We have a DJ at the station who literally named his show after yeah. what Milton says. I can listen to the radio to reasonable volume. I mean, it's <laughs> it's hilarious, man. So yeah, he Stephen Root's great though, man. What a what an it, amazing actor. And just about oh. everything I've seen him in, whether it's funny, serious, doesn't matter. The guy's fucking awesome. Absolutely. He is. So working in tech, for me, the, the film immediately was a winner. But frankly, anyone that has been in any sort of cubicle environment probably feels some sort of connection with this film. So what personal experiences for you guys were kind of similar to Office Space? And we'll, we'll start with Bill. I mean, yeah, you work in a newsroom, you're in a cubicle. Um, it, it It's a different type of office, well, no pun intended, but office space than what you're used mm-hmm. to probably at at Yahoo, but you know, me working in newspapers. Yeah. There, there was some similarities. I mean, you're, you're in your, uh, your cubicle and, um, you know, you always got that person that you come in on Monday and they're all chipper <laughs> and you just want to fucking punch them in the face. You know, I've never had anybody walk up to me and look at me and say, looks like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Cause I'd <laughs> probably cuss them out. I mean that, Oh, that was so annoying. But you know, um, there's always that guy that gets uh, not to throw him under the bus because he's going to listen to us. But um, <laughs> our, our good buddy OCD, he was that guy. We we were doing something one time. At, this is probably and and Mike, this is the real reason why he's Milton. I, I'm going to give give you a little bit behind the curtain. Oh, okay. We, we had something going on at work, um, and the publisher um, Eric bought us all lunch or something like that, and he forgot Jason. <laughs> so, and of course, you know, me, I, I got to make this a big deal. So everybody in the <laughs> office, and I'm just, I started calling him Milton and started, started uh, fucking with him because, and Eric felt so bad. And of course I, I played it up and made Eric feel worse and, you know, uh, but it was, because that's like, the kind of guy you are, Bill. Yeah, I know. You know how I am. So they, it was great though, and that's what because I was calling him Milton and everything, and I'd start fucking with him about it. So that's kind of why he he chose that because of that that moment. It was just so funny because uh, everybody's got their food. It's kind of like when Milton didn't get the cake, you know? Right. Everybody's right. got 
food and Jason's just kind of sitting there. And I remember Eric made a big deal out of it. He went and got him something or I think he left the office and went and got it. He felt horrible, but you know, it was, we all laughed, uh, laughed too. And, and I guess the only different for me, the only thing is, is most of the places I work, it was really small. So it was, it wasn't quite like this. It was more like a little family atmosphere, but you were in, in cubicles and things like that. I'm sure, uh, Brian, you've had a, a lot more, you can oh. relate office space a lot more than even I can. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just the tech environment alone that it, yeah. a lot of that felt like that and having the, the bobs come in and, and you know, look at <laughs> everything yeah. before they're going to lay off people. Oh, definitely. Uh, and the irony of your story regarding Jason is he likes to eat everything. So for him not to get anything, it was right. amazing. Exactly. <laughs> That guy, that guy is like the trash. I don't know though, man. And now that guy's like on the roll. He got kicked out of a club in Tennessee. He got That's banned right. on Facebook. I don't know what's going on with OCD, man. Right. Quiet ones. A little worried about him. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mike, Mike, what are some of your personal experiences that maybe be similar to to what happened in Office Space? One thing I I can't relate to working in a cubicle at mm-hmm. all. Uh, the closest we came to that was when we had you know the nurses station, kind of like at Scrubs. See, Scrubs is a show I didn't watch because it hit a little too close to home. That's another thing about me. I don't watch medical dramas. I never watched ER. I never mm-hmm. watched anything set in a hospital or anything. And people go, bye. And I'm like, because I <laughs> fucking live the shit, okay? I don't want to <laughs> fucking watch it when I come home. You know, I don't even want to hear about lactator readers and fucking, I don't want to hear medical jargon. I don't want, um, no, okay? No. So, um. But we had nurses stations. Now I have an office now as an infection preventionist, and I share that office with three other people or two other people. Mm-hmm. But we don't have cubicles or anything. But some of the things that you know, obviously, you know, um, and even now working in management, but even before, it's like, oh, the owner is going to come and 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 you know, and they're going to ask you questions and all that. And see, the bosses never, especially when I worked the floor, they never wanted me because I was kind of like Ron Livingston. I just tell it how it fucking is. Even now, I still tell people what I think, even our me. They're like, well, we got to do this. And I'm like, well, that's stupid and confusing. And it's going to be a clusterfuck. I'll tell them that ahead of time. <laughs> and then lo and, and you're behold, not even hypnotized. And lo and behold, right. It, that's what happens, you know, but, I but do the same thing, Mike, I did it this week to my, I know, right? last night. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I might just start talking to him in a dark helmet voice and go, you're stupid. <laughs> but I, 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 I love my team. They're great. My administrator, yeah. everybody's awesome. So I don't want to make it sound like just in case they listen to this and be like, fuck you, Mike. <laughs> but all joking around aside. Um, yeah. The things that I relate to it really are like, um, even in the business world, much you got your higher ups that just don't live in reality at all. They don't, they don't get it. They don't get it. You know, they don't get it. They don't understand that they, they think, well, you know, you should just be able to do it. They don't understand in my world. Anyway, nursing, they don't get it at all that we're dealing with human beings and lives and, you know, not everything's going to go the way you guys think it should go and well you should be able to get them okay well you come on in and do it tough guy if you think you can handle it you know Mm -hmm. and 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 so you got that and then like i said the one thing about the movie i totally related to 
tearing up the the copy machine, fax machines, copy right. machines, technology is sometimes, which is ironic because I own a, you know, I'm co-owner of an online radio station. But sometimes technology is my mortal enemy. I'm just going to say it right now, even at work, you know, and it'll just be like, oh, my God, I just want to, you know, bash this thing. But I can't. And uh, that's one of the, my favorite parts of the movie is when they just be just destroy, totally destroy that that thing and i'm like oh i can totally relate to that and but we've all had that that pain in the ass boss that you know mm-hmm. i mean hell they did it to me this last weekend oh yeah we need you to come in for a few hours i'm like damn it and that was sunday uh, but right. i was on call so you know it, it's just one of those things but uh but it, it's just such a great movie the dialogue the characters i mean it, it, it's a cult classic for a reason, man. Mike, no did they call you up and be like, uh, yeah, Mike, uh, we're going to need you to come in on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rebecca, who's the staffing coordinator, did that. She actually, she texted me, call me, dear. And I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> and I said, a, and then I called her nice. and I did say this. I said, you're going to lumber me, aren't you? And she yep. goes, don't do that to me, Mike. That's not fair. <laughs> I said, well. You're going to lumber me. That's what I told <laughs> And the one thing we have not spoken about yet, and I told Mike, definitely bringing this up when we did this the fucking soundtrack who in their right <laughs> mind is going to put the ghetto boys as the soundtrack <laughs> of this movie absolutely genius i mean everything about it the ghetto boys do the entire <laughs> soundtrack for office space classic absolutely <laughs> absolutely and uh yeah so many uh not obvious songs but uh you know <laughs> you can't hear damn it feels good to be a gangster without thinking office space now oh right right and i love the beginning when when michael's listening to the music real loud and he's got his window down and he's rapping along yeah. and uh i think as a as a white guy that grew up in the 90s um i can definitely relate to that it's hilarious <laughs> when the black guy comes walking down the street and he turns the radio down and rolls the window up and just sits there. And then when the guy gets by, he starts doing it all again. All over again. <laughs> it, it's yeah. it, it's great. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get in, into specifics. And we're going to start doing the favorites. So we're going to do favorite quotes first. And we'll, we'll start with Mike. Oh, man. Uh, well, I already did a few of them. But, uh, man, let me think about this for a minute. Uh, of course, you know, I think Dietrich Bader had pretty much all the best lines in the movie he he just cracked me up man like the one part where they're all pissed off at him and then he's like and he goes what about you and he's like i don't want to talk to you either bro (laughs) (laughs) all and shit um obviously milton i mean you know Mm -hmm. Just about all his dialogue, you know. He's like, they said I could have a piece of cake, and you know, and and the way he'd just be like, and they moved my office, and they did it five times, and I'm going to set the place on fire. He kept saying he's going to set the place on fire. He totally saves he their ass because what's ironic is their idea would have worked if they hadn't put in the wrong numbers. I know Superman. 3. But the best line ever, the best line ever, is when you're going to be sentenced to a federally pound me in the ass prison because I'm like. <laughs> I think any guy who does get sentenced to prison has to hear those words when oh, the yeah. judge does deliver the sentence. Um, just stuff like that. And like I said, the movie's pretty much hilarious from beginning to end. Um, yeah. Oh, and of course, the guy bitching about being compared, you know, Michael Bolton. And why don't, why oh. should I have to change my name? You know, which he's the one uh, that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. Mike bringing up the federal pound me in the ass prison uh, reminded me of another thing that I wanted to talk about. The 
the dream Peter's dream sequences, and they were phenomenal. I mean, the federal pound me in the ass prison is great, but what about the one where he's dreaming about Lumberg fucking um, Jennifer Aniston? Right. And got Lumberg with his shirt off, and he's like, you see the leg up, and he's like thrusting <laughs> out, and he's drinking his coffee. <laughs> hey, Peter, what's happening? And he's like, yeah, that's right there, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I mean, that still makes me cry to this day. And, of, of course, uh, Drew um, Drew has got two scenes in the entire movie. And it's, you know, I'm going to show her my old face. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> other, like, he's standing there. He's like, <laughs> oh, you're with the, the whatever. the uh, It wasn't shenanigans. I can't remember the name of the restaurant now. But he's like, uh, oh, you're with that chick, man? He goes, dude. Wear a rubber. <laughs> She's been around. She gets around like a record. Fingers. He does the little thing with his finger and goes, Oh, right. Pistols. <laughs> and he's like, With who? And he starts, Well, let me see. And he started. And then he goes, oh, Hell, Lumberg fucked her. Yeah. <laughs> Peter's like, Lumberg. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, Drew's got two scenes in the movie, and they're two of the most priceless scenes in the movie. And, um, you know, the whole thing with the Michael Bolton. A term that I say to this this day, if I'm driving down the road, I'll call people ass clowns, and that's where I right. learned that. I mean, I mean, you know, I was fine till I was 11, and that no talent ass clown came around and ruined my life. <laughs> right, you know, that's right, right here, so, that no talent ass clown became famous and started winning Grammys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, one that I'm going to be using on vacation this next week when we go down to the Virgin Islands. I think I'm gonna um, I'm gonna get on one of our uh, guys when we're sitting out on the beach, and somebody bring I'm like I said I said no salt no salt on the <laughs> okay I'm I'm gonna burn the place down I better not I better not ma- I better not make that joke because we might get kicked out but exactly. nowadays you can't do anything <laughs> but, 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 but I, I, I said no mo- no salt no salt uh, another. No. Uh, yeah, another great line was when Samir just goes totally frustrated with the copy machine. He's like, why does he say paper jam when there is no paper jam? <laughs> I can totally relate to that. It's like, there's no paper in there, you piece and of way, shit, you know? Yes, the way yeah. he says, piece of shit. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> the, the part when they're destroying the oh. the the, the um, copy machine, and they're every time they kick it and they hit it, it's like right they set it up perfectly to match like a gunshot in the ghetto yep. boys song. It's like this hardcore gangster rap song and it's all slow motion and they're just beating the hell out of that thing. Mike judge. If that was his idea to use that ghetto boys, I bet it was. I, I mean, he wrote I'm and directed sure the movie. So perfect. I mean, it is, it, it's so not what you would ever think would go together but the way he matched even when they're when they're doing finally coming up with their scheme to steal the money and they're um they're passing uh passing the floppy disks around and stuff every time it hit it was matching the um the music and just just perfect i mean there there was some things in this movie that i mean the way it was filmed the way it was uh the scenes were shot it just holds up over time and it's really a movie pretty much about nothing if you want to be serious i mean there's not a lot (laughs) the plot is i don't know i mean it's not like complex it's just hilarious (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean the this, the the copier machine scene was what like you would see in Goodfellas or something like that. Right, they filmed right. It like like a classic gangster film, and also the the name of the two restaurants were Chachkis and Flingers. So if yes, you're wondering yeah. about that, yeah, that's where she worked. Chachkis. Yeah. One thing I can relate, and I didn't think about it till now, is the whole theme day. Like, I love my administrator, <laughs> oh, yeah. Michelle, but she's really big into this, man. We'll have metal <laughs> day, well, which, you know, I'm all about. But we'll have, sure. like, like today she wanted us to do biker day. I'm like, I don't have any biker clothes, Michelle. <laughs> like, I have <laughs> nothing that resembles that, you know. So I'll try to participate when I can. But And that, you know, of course. And remember, next Friday is Hawaiian shirt day. You know, she'll do stuff like that. But she does does it like every day of the week, um, which is pretty. <laughs> wait, wait, funny. is it motorcycle or bicycle? Like, do you no. have to wear like spandex or a no? She wanted want motorcycle, like fucking okay. Harley rider shit, like oh, Sons of I'll Anarchy type. Let's borrow my bike helmet and my biker shorts. So that would have been great. You should come in like yeah. that. Oh, I would have totally there. wore them. You know, that would been I don't great. Care. You know, but um, one. yeah, but you know, and and of course, like I said, you know, the the best line ever is, and again, shout out to our fellow DJ was, I was told that I could listen to the radio to reasonable volume from nine to eleven. I mean, there you go, CD. <laughs> okay, so real quick, Ed, what is you have to only name one? What is your favorite character? We'll start with Mike. Milton. Okay, and then how about you, Bill? I think I'm gonna go Lawrence. I mean, Lawrence Lumberg and Milton are kind of like a trifecta for me, but uh, and Drew's up there too. But but yeah, I'm going Lawrence. Well, I love okay. them all. But I'm just yeah. talking about. I'm hey. just talking out my ass. Got you one. <laughs> all right, to wrap it up, uh, this is gonna be a doozy. Um, start with Bill. What was your worst job that you ever had? Uh, it was a day, so it was only one day. I I'd been working PR for a minor league or for a, a summer collegiate league baseball team and the the owner there was a new owner i'd done it for two years and the new owner that second year really screwed me over and uh, i had to find a job quickly and i had graduated college and i was trying to find something so i'm looking at marketing firms and different things like that and i i just found this marketing firm to go on and i go over and it's over in st louis i go into this building and there's a bunch of young guys in there and they're talking about all right they're giving their little pre-shift meeting or whatever and this big you know talk and they pair me up with this guy and we go out and we just start soliciting at all kinds of businesses and we're selling knockoff bath and body works products out of his <laughs> trunk and we're going into like <laughs> car dealerships while people are sitting there waiting to get their car fixed and trying to sell them knockoff bath and body works and we went into this one place and the owner like came out and like chased us out of there. He goes, you see the fucking sign in the window? How many times do I have to tell you? You get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and he came out and he's following us. And, and I looked at the guy and I'm like, that's it. I'm done. Take me back <laughs> to my car. And the guy got mad at me. He goes, man, you're fucking with my livelihood here. I, I got to make money. If I take you all the way back to your car, I'm going to lose out on sales. And I'm like, dude, come on, man. <laughs> you can do better than that. He got really mad at me. And I, he drove me back to my car and I had worked at Sears, um, as a salesman, um, mm -hmm. while I was in college and I had a real good rapport there. I got in my car and I didn't want to go back there because I felt like I was going backwards now that I was out of college. But after that incident, I turned around, got in my car and drove straight to Sears and walked into the store manager's office 
and got my job back. And this time as a full-time employee instead of a part-time employee and worked <laughs> like another three years before I got Did it. you, uh, did you tell him about what just happened too? Yes. And I, <laughs> um, you know, I, I should have came back here already. And, and she says, that's all right, Bill. She okay. Open. You'd come back. You got a job right now. And, and, and I, I started back up the next day. That's and good. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, that was, that has to have been the worst one. And I know what Mike's is going to be. Okay. I agree. We're going to, we're what do you the, think? <laughs> Mike for this one. What do you think it is, Bill? I'm going to say auto Butler. Fuck that, auto Butler. Fuck that fucking place. Fuck that owner. God, I've, I had fancies about killing him. <laughs> Was such a prick, man. No, this guy, he wasn't the original owner. I worked there for a while and I met some friends that I'm people I'm still friends with to this day. So it wasn't all bad, but you know, um, he was just this dude, you know, he bought it and he was just a real dick. Like, and, and he was fucking crazy. Like, one minute I could do no wrong, and then the next day I'm a fucking lazy piece of shit. <laughs> and he would literally, like, cuss you out like cuss you like you're a and i finally just told him old man if you don't fucking shut your fucking pie hole i'm gonna take this fucking brush and shove it up your non-fucking how to put it non-fucking satisfied ass but he said what'd you say to me and i said did i fucking stutter i'll beat the wrinkles out of you you old fuck you know and uh he was sad what auto butler is mike because yeah i have no idea car wash Okay. <laughs> the fucking car wash. All this and over I, a car wash. Just ride me, yes. ride me, ride me. And what's funny is the guy, the other, the co-owner of the dude, when, when he told me to get the fuck out of here, <laughs> and I said, gladly. <laughs> and then, you know, he said something or other, you know, I forget what he said. And I said, I'll go suck a dick. And <laughs> then he goes, come back and say that to my face. So I turned around and said, what'd you say? And I fucking and then my friends who were working there had to fucking pull me back. So I was going to beat the fuck out of him. I really was, man. And uh, what, did you have yeah. like a quota of cars you had to have washed or something? Or what was the deal? <laughs> we just, dude, we would get slammed. We would right. get slammed. He would be like he he would he would find somebody to fuck with and pick on and pick on and ride until he broke him. Well, he never fucking broke me. And he hated me to his dying day, from what I understand. And the feeling was mutual. I hope he rots, personally. And, uh, you know, yeah, dude, he just was a fucking miserable prick. And what was funny is I remember my buddy says, well, it looks like Mike's out of here, you know, because I was waiting for my ride. Fucking Bill, the co-owner, was like, man, I just don't know what why Jack's got it in for that kid. He's a hard worker. I don't know what his problem is, but he's just really got it. And there would be other guys that would just be terrified of Jack. He'd scream at him. They'd be shaking and freaking out. And I didn't do any of that. I just look at him like he was fucking retarded, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, so we clashed, you know. I'm surprised I lasted as long as I did, really. But but eventually, I just was like, dude, just fucking fuck off, man. And um, So it was an I early example did... of a metal mic meltdown. Oh, very much so. Yeah, good. Uh, but me and my buddy, we got him back years later because he had a stroke. So I graffitied oh. his building. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Are you sure you want this in the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I don't care. And Mike's I, I going to it. hell. Yeah. <laughs> and I spray painted 
stroke this one eye, Jack, because he lost vision in one eye. Oh, Fuck that guy. The guy oh, was a fucking God. prick, man. Oh, a miserable, oh, miserable oh. prick. He was a bully. He bullied all the other. Like, there was a guy who worked there and said, man, that's why he fucking hates Mike to this day. Because <laughs> he never oh. broke Mike. Mike didn't oh. fucking take his bullshit. Wow. <laughs> I, I, did. Oh. I did, man. I know and what I people think. Bloomberg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought TPS reports were bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, uh, giant. <laughs> I never knew the story about you spray painting the. Will you spray painting the building, Mike? Yeah. Uh, and stroke this one, one-eyed Jack. Is that <laughs> With a, we, we drew a dick. We drew a dick, and we said stroke this one-eyed Jack. Me and Big B, man. Um, oh, oh my goodness. Oh, oh man. Because I found out he had a stroke and I wanted to rub it in. <laughs> oh, it's I know I know it's evil. I know it was evil. I'll admit that. What it's a story. Right. It wasn't right. And I'm probably gonna go on a bullet train to hell. <laughs> but you know, honestly, I mean this shit of like, oh well, you should I don't know. know if I want to get on a plane with you this weekend. Uh, right. I mean, <laughs> Dude, it's been fucking how many years ago? Yeah, it's true. I've been on a plane with you before. It was last year, Mike. Come yeah. on. No, no, no. Actually, I did this. <laughs> it was last uh, week. <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's dead. So now that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would have to put like. On grave? <laughs> I would have to like paint, spray paint on his grave, you know. Uh, oh, my God. You know, uh, this is why we went with Mike last because nobody's going to top this. What's, what's it when you call. Uh, <laughs> necrophilia yeah yeah you know um you know i i don't know man the guy was just like i said he was somebody that there was other people who stayed there way after i had left and they would tell me man they'd be like man you know this guy he's bro he's like he's probably got a house where he's got fucking people on his wall of everybody he broke <laughs> and then there's a fucking wall of my or a p- picture of Mike where it's like with a dartboard because he could never fucking break Mike. Mike fucking <laughs> told him to fuck off, man. And uh, oh. yeah, he, he was kind of like if I had a mortal enemy, he would have been it. Well, the uh, the title of this episode is going to be "Stroke This One Eye Jack." So uh, <laughs> again, <laughs> you guys, you guys went above and beyond for this one. So uh, th- you're thank welcome. You. <laughs> you know, I wasn't even going to tell that story originally, but you asked. Hey, that's um, that's what a good interviewer does. It brings out the good or evil in everyone. So I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna say. Yeah, actually, it is one of my proudest moments. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a douchebag. I mean, just because somebody's dead, I hate that when they'll go. Oh no, dude! If somebody's a piece of shit, oh, I agree. Whether they're alive or dead makes yeah. little difference. Oh, Why do we feel the need to talk and say good things about them? I'm with you, man. When they're I'm fucking dead. I'm like, no, if the guy's <laughs> a fucking douche, he's a douche. And Jack Scoville, you were a fucking douche nozzle. He was a no-talent ass clown, obviously. So. <laughs> right. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I, thought, I thought my story about uh, getting, uh, has, selling ba- knockoff bath and body works out of the trunk of a car and getting chased <laughs> out of the store was gonna was gonna be a pretty good one but i definitely lost out on that one well you know we could talk more about the our our work adventures on the metal mike show this friday there you go you're welcome guys and speaking of that 
every every Friday night, you can hear Bill and Mike talk about whatever they want. And uh, you can hear that at 8 p.m. Eastern time every Friday night on thatmetalstation.com. Thank you again, guys. Thanks Always a pleasure, brother. If you are ever in the San Francisco Bay Area and still love collecting or renting DVDs or VHS tapes, come check out Captain Video and San Mateo at 2837 South El Camino Real. Captain Video is open six days a week and closed on Wednesday, and one of the last traditional video stores still running in the United States. New movies you can rent for $2.99 a day. Old movies you can rent for $2.99 for five days. And if renting isn't your thing, you can also purchase anything you find in the store. Be sure to tell Ira that you heard about Captain Video from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. Happy renting and happy collecting at Captain Video. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.